Welcome to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez, the podcast that offers practical advice and tips on how to run and grow your small business. The How of Business helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners achieve their definition of success and overcome challenges that get in their way. This podcast series focuses on the everyday common business issues, challenges, and opportunities that face the small business owner. So here now are your hosts of The How of Business, David and Henry. Well, welcome to The How of Business with David and Henry. How are you doing today, David? I'm good, Henry. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm excited about this topic today. I think it's relevant to, I think, most of our listeners. Certainly, it's something we have uh, worked on and often struggled over our careers and, and business careers. And it's this topic of uh, organization, tools, resources that we use personally and in our business to run our business and keep ourselves organized. Um, I, uh, I, for one, tend to be a very organized person. I try to be organized. Uh, I use different techniques that we'll talk about here in this podcast. But I remember back uh, back in the late 90s, I uh, was still in my software sales and marketing career. And back then, the way I usually took notes was in the typical legal pad that I would have in a some kind of leather binder, depending on the last conference I went to, right, uh, where I had gotten a free leather binder. And I would make notes there and then tear off those pieces of paper and put them in a file related to that client or that customer or that project. And I was sitting in a meeting once with a guy who was using a notebook, a, a leather bound, probably not real leather, but it seemed like it was a, a bound notebook. And that's where he was making his notes. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And then I chatted with him about it and he would keep them like journals. And that intrigued me. And I picked up that habit. Uh, from him. And now since I guess around 98, 99 timeframe, I have all of those journals slash to-do lists uh, in my office and I can go back and reference them. And it's been a, a really powerful tool for me. And we'll talk more about that. But it's interesting how we pick those things up along the way and how I think it's an ongoing process. Yeah, you've done a great job of that. And if you look at the spectrum of organization, Henry, I believe, is on one end and I'm sort of on the <laughs> other end. <laughs> Again, going back to what I like to talk about with Dan Sullivan and Strategic Coach is when I joined that uh, that entrepreneurial coaching and training process about five years ago, I think we're going on five years now, um, you know, the first thing they did is they gave you a Colby score. So they had you do this Colby assessment test. And that is That is a basis of the culture of strategic coach, not only for the internal employees within strategic coach, but also for the, for the clients that go. And, uh, one of the attributes is follow through and the scoring system is from one to 10. And my score is a two when it comes to follow through, which helped me understand a lot about who I am as a person. And the great thing about Colby and, and the good thing about uh, Dan Sullivan, the strategic coach, is they help you understand what you're good at and what you're, I guess, I don't want to say what you're not good at, because I don't want to, I don't think some people are not, but what, what your strengths are and what, how you lean into your strengths and understanding that it has been very difficult for me to stay organized and come up with organizational tools. And I've always been envious of you, Henry, and your organizational capabilities. I, I get frustrated sometimes when you're able to recall a conversation we had three years ago and uh, said, you said this on this date, and we said this. I'm going, golly, 
you know, he's so organized, he can go back to his notebook <laughs> and recall those conversations. But call my, I think my interrogation notes, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, but uh, I think it's great. I think it's a great capability, a great skill. And uh, I have to really work at it. It's uh, frankly, it's a struggle for me um, to keep myself organized. I don't want to be organized. I, I'm a spur of the moment type individual. Uh, I'm one of those individuals that has a lot of ideas, but I don't want to, I'm not great at following through with them and staying organized. But if you're going to be a business owner, you absolutely have to come up with a methodology to keep yourself organized. And, and the challenge that we have, because we have multiple businesses and multiple employees that report to us, we're actually, we're juggling many, many balls at the same time. If you're going to keep your organization moving forward and making sure you get the things done, you need to get done. You as an entrepreneur have to have an organizational system. That's right. So that's what we want to focus in on this podcast is we're going to chat about some of the tools we use. We've mentioned some already of tools that we use personally, uh, how we've come to those, how we continue to evolve, because as good as I am at it, and this is something I always share with people, I am always looking for how do I make it better, even within the tool that I have. And I'll speak to that in a moment. Then we'll chat a little bit about what tools, technologies in particular, we've applied in our small businesses that have helped us run those businesses more effectively. And then we'll, we'll talk about also where do we go for news, trends, how do we learn? So we'll share those or, or discuss those three topics and then wrap it up with some suggestions for our listeners on how you can get better in this area. So let's just dive in a little bit deeper then on personal productivity tools. I mentioned in my notebook and I started out with that, you know, that composition notebook that you pick up at the office supply store. That's the classic has the kind of the camouflage black and white pattern to it. You know what I'm talking about? Very yeah. cheap uh, notebook. And that's how I started. And I still have all of those obviously. And, and I just started making notes there what I found for me was that that was a better approach than the sticky note here or the piece of paper there or the file here or there. And that was a better way for me to, to organize myself. The key thing I always share with people is find something that works for you and it may not be the same thing that works for me and then stick to it. I think the biggest right. challenge is to try something long enough. I think they say 21 days turns into a habit. Uh, but some length of time actually stick to it. And I think the discipline of it is maybe the hardest part, David. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The discipline of doing anything for 21 days is the most difficult thing. And, and I'm, I'm looking at my desk here at home and I've got five very nice organizational <laughs> binders sitting up on my shelf. Right. And all of them are thinking, do I have anything in right. those? So what I would do is I have a composition notebook like you talked about, the one that we used to use in mm -hmm. college. I don't think they use those no, anymore, but so. people still buy them for taking you notes. Can, yes. Yeah, I've got a spiral notebook. I've got a very nice leather-bound uh, note-taking book that I bought from a, from a company that sells those type of things uh, that's probably got a few notes in it. And then I've got another binder I got at an industry trade show. And I keep thinking, oh, man, I'm going to use these and uh, – and stay organized, but I, I do it for a couple of days and I forget, I get back into old habits. Yeah. So I, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head about a very important topic that if you are going to change any behavior, you got to be very, very willful about it, very specific about it. And you got to say, you got to do this no matter what for 21 days. 
in order to get that ingrained. Right. But and so that's my primary organization uh, tool, and I've evolved it as I said over time. I use it. That's where I keep my to-do lists, and I go back and forth on how I uh, create to-do lists. I go back and forth between having one master to-do list and then one to-do list for each of my businesses or projects. And I go back and forth on that, and that's okay. And sometimes it works one way better than others. There's different techniques I use to kind of identify priorities on those to-do lists. And we'll share some of that online and other resources. But the point is that I've stuck to it. It works for me, and I've evolved it over time. And I'll put online the particular book that I use, the Blue Line book. Uh, It's a little bit more expensive than the composition book. But one of the features that it has is it has a page up front with these little tab stickers. And when I'm done with one, on the front, I put the date range. And then I take these little, it creates like little folder tabs. And Mm -hmm. I mark key notes that I have in there. And that's why sometimes when you say, I'm amazed you can pull back those notes, is because I've keyed I've physically tagged those pages where I might have had a note or a bunch of notes, let's say, about an important meeting, about a business idea. That's how I can reference them pretty quickly. Now, what's interesting is talking about continuing to look for different ideas. uh, Moleskin, and I think I'm pronouncing it right, Moleskin has been making notebooks for many, many years. In fact, it was first made famous because Hemingway used the little notebooks for his note-taking back when. But they have all kinds of different notebooks now. And they have a partnership with Evernote, which is another tool that I have been using, where you can send them your notebook and they will digitize it. And now you have all of those notes digitized, searchable, indexed. I know, it's amazing. That is amazing. So I'm going to start trying to do that to make it even better uh, this technique that I have. So that's a that's a perfect example of how, for me, I'm always looking for how do I get better at that? And that's why I'm pretty good at it. It's not because I was born with this ability, although, yeah, sure, I, I'm, I am lean towards being organized and clean and so forth. But it's a learned habit over time that I have fine-tuned. What is that? So in, in result-wise, as, as you're talking about this, it makes me think you do this for a reason and you're doing this either to get an, an effect, a result or a feeling. Mm-hmm. The, but the, it's a very good question. The number one reason I do this is because I do not have great retention. It's the same reason why I read business books and take very copious notes, highlight, make notes, and then create what we call the biz notes. It's because I have always struggled with remembering what was said and get very frustrated when I can't remember what was said or what I said or what I was thinking or what decision we made. So that really is at the heart of why I do this. In addition to that, I just work better in an organized environment. I work better when everything is clean and tidy and there's some uh, organization to it. There's lots of baggage from my childhood, I'm sure, that influences that. But a lot of it is just a me uh, wanting to have that record to refer back to because I forget. Right, right. But do you feel, and I know uh, one of the courses or books I read one time was called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And he's got a whole website. He's got a whole methodology. He's got software that he's developed around um, this whole methodology of getting things done. 
And his whole philosophy behind that is you want, as as a worker, you want your mind like water, right. which I think is a Buddhist term. Mm -hmm. But he wants your mind clear. So he doesn't, if, if you don't write things down, if you don't keep things organized, his, he says that you're going to be ruminating on what you're supposed to get done the next day, what you're, uh, what, what hasn't gotten done, what did you tell somebody that hasn't done it. You're going to be ruminating and your mind's going to be filled with lots of extra stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be in there. He said, put that on paper. Once you put it on paper, the physical act of doing that will transfer it from the subconscious of your brain to another organization tool. And, you, and if you do that correctly and you do it to his extent, you'll be your mind will be like water. I completely agree with that. Uh, absolutely agree with that. I think the other point with that is that I try to run my businesses and operate personally, whether it was when I was working for someone or now that I'm a business owner, in that you can trust that I'm going to follow through. So if I tell you I'm going to get something done, I'm not going to forget, at least not very often. I might forget on purpose, but I won't forget because I didn't write it down or because I lost track of that thought. Uh, so, but I completely, I completely agree with that. And for me, it's also about making sure I do what I'm supposed to do. Right. Now, let, let's unpack that for just a few minutes, because I think what you just brought up was extremely important as a manager and as an entrepreneur. So Dan Sullivan has what are the four, four tenets of being a good entrepreneur? And he says, do what you say you're going to do. Say please and thank you. Arrive early to meetings and do what you say you're going to do. And so do what you say you're going to do is extreme to me as a business owner, whether they're employees or whether they're people I try to hire, do what you say you're going to do is very important. It's very important to get things in order to get things done. It's very important to you know, who you are as a person. And you bring up a great point in that working with you, I've got a very high confidence rate that if you're say you're going to do something, that you're going to get it done. Conversely, if you ask somebody to do something, uh, you are have a high, high probability rate that you're going to follow back up and ask them if they got that done. So what is what do you think that does to your management team when they know that you've written it down, you've recorded it, and you've got a high probability you're going to ask them about it? I believe it sets a tone. It sets a uh, expectation. It creates a culture where people understand that they're going to be held accountable because I'm going to hold myself accountable. We're not going to forget about things. I think people naturally, and, and not maliciously, but I think naturally we, I mean, if we observe it in any environment we've ever worked in or our own environments that we create. People pretty quickly find out what the boss is really paying attention to, what they really ask me for two weeks later, what do I really get graded on, if you will. We, we always figure that as human beings. And not because we're doing anything malicious, like I said, but because we're looking for how to, what do I do that gets me noticed? Let's, let's put a positive spin on it. And so if I assign something to someone or talk about a task that has to be done and then I don't ask about it again, that sends that signal that, well, that really wasn't that important. So I think it sets a tone. I think it creates an environment and a culture where people know that they're going to be held accountable, that I forgot, or, oh, yeah, that's right, you told me that. That's that's not an acceptable answer in our environment. Right, right. And you've done such a great job of that. I think that does create a, 
a culture of accountability where people are held accountable for things they're supposed to get completed. And on the flip side, because I am not as well organized and I don't keep up with uh, the task and requests that I make of my employees, they, they do sort of sense, well, you know, is this important or is this not important? And chances are they might not do it because they feel like there's a high probability he's not going to ask me about it again. Agreed. Yeah. Now, this is a huge topic. I mean, we, we could go on for an hour or more on this topic and we'll come back and visit it again. Um, but just to kind of wrap up on me for productivity tools that I'm mentioning, uh, the journal uh, that has to do then extends to the conversation we just had about helping that keep us organized on to-dos, whether it's assigned or it's personal things that I have to get done. The value of that, not just the value for yourself, especially if that's the way you, you prefer to operate, but others that work with you, not just your staff, but your, your partnerships, I think, uh, are much more productive if you're on the same page and you trust each other that things are going to get done. Um, and then the other tool I use is Outlook. I use Outlook for, of course, emails, and we'll touch more on that in a moment, but for my schedule. So because I, in my particular case currently, and it's different for David, uh, I mostly am at home office, then my, and my computer is always on and Outlook is always up. And that's where I manage my schedule. So Dave, for you, what are some of your personal productivity tools that we haven't talked about that you lean on currently? Yeah. So as you mentioned, some of my challenge is that I'm not at my desk very often right. at all. I'm because of the geographic nature of the businesses. I have to be on site quite a bit. So the, the main tool I do use is Outlook. I've, I've fallen into using uh, Microsoft Outlook as my main management tool for scheduling. And I use my calendar as a scheduling tool. So I can access that through my smartphone or my tablet as well as my PC most times. So if I'm making an appointment or checking to see if I'm available, uh, that's when I, I do that. Uh, some of the frustrations I get into is when people ask me if I'm available and I commit to doing something, but I haven't checked my calendar. So I'm trying to get better about making sure I check my calendar before I commit to, uh, to doing something. Uh, Cause I'm one of those guys that just likes on the spur of a moment, like, Oh, let's go, let's go do this. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I don't think about the, well, the consequences are already scheduled for that. And so be, that like you period. said, because you're on the road, uh, because of the nature of your businesses, you leverage your phone a lot as a tool, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I certainly leverage my phone. I've got one world in the Microsoft, one foot in the Microsoft world and one mm -hmm. foot in the Apple world. And so I've got uh, iPods and uh, iPods. I can't believe I, I don't have an iPod. I have an iPad <laughs> and I've got an iPhone and we use those. I use those tools and when I'm remote and then uh, I've got a Surface 3 now that I use, but they're like fairly well. Mm -hmm. It's it's very portable and it's easy, but it still takes that boot up process. Right. To, to get it up and running. Yeah, I was chuckling there because I still sometimes purposely for my to get a rise out of my daughter, I'll call my iPod a Walkman, and she <laughs> just, she thinks that's the most hilarious thing ever. Um, so, what about personal assistance? I know you've started to do that, uh, either folks that you hire or virtual uh, personal assistance. Speak to that for a moment. Yeah. So for the management team, we were trying to come up with a common tool that we use to make sure that we're keeping up with. Not the everyday to-do items, but if it's an ad hoc to-do item or it's a project, and I define a project as, you know, a series of tasks that are linked together that take uh, a certain amount of time or a certain amount of resources. So if it's going to take two or three weeks to complete or it's going to, um, you know, cost a significant amount of money or 
something we all have to kind of put our brain power into. Uh, so if, if we're managing those type of tasks, then we've used a product now called Wonderlist, which has been on the market for two or three years. And uh, it's a cloud-based task management uh, tool. And I've got a list for each one of the ma- the managers that I keep up with. So if I want somebody to do something now, instead of telling them, I'll just put it on Wonderlist, they get an email telling them there was an addition to their list. And we can put due dates if we need to, we can put comments, we can put subtasks if we need to. And that becomes a pretty good virtual method to keep up with uh, the different things that uh, that have to be done. Wonderful. Um, I think in uh, essence of time here, I'm going to quickly just touch on some of the technologies we use at our business, but not elaborate too much. All, all of these technologies that we mentioned, I'm going to put on the show notes. So those will be available to our listeners online. But from a business perspective, the three things we had identified, and we use more than this, but these are the three things that we've used throughout our businesses and our current business. Uh, QuickBooks for accounting, we've used both the uh, on the PC, the installed version, and also the online version. And it really depends on the complexity and the need of your business. But We've been big QuickBooks fans because it's just easy. It's affordable. Uh, folks that you hire to help you with those things, most people are versed in it. Uh, and it's it's very functional. And that's suited us just fine for our small businesses. I, I use Intuit uh, for my personal finances as well. Email we touched on. I am actually an advocate of email. I know a lot of people disdain email and it, it takes over their lives. I think it can be properly managed. I think when you're working with other people, especially in our case where I'm based in Dallas and David is in um, in Colorado Springs and our some of our businesses are there, it works really well for me to collaborate with people on a subject or a task or a project that's not urgent and we don't need to get on the phone right now and it's not as disruptive. So we use email that way. And then we've been using Dropbox, which is a technology that allows us to do file sharing on the cloud. And we've used that very effectively to share uh, files and store documents in a secure shared space. Anything quickly you wanna add to those three technologies that we've used at our businesses? Yeah, I think we're moving more toward cloud-based, which mm-hmm. I think the world is as well. It helps in the virtual environment. You don't have to buy software. And then if you do lose your PC, leave it on an airplane, you're you're not putting yourself in a situation where everything you own is is uh, is in somebody else's hands. Right. <laughs> so I think that's good. I think I, I like cloud-based technologies. And, uh, you know, we're going to be looking more and more to move toward that. Yeah, I mean, that's where, that's where um, it's going. There's, there's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to, if you, depending on your business, right, if you're there every day with your team, it's going to be a little different on how you manage right. than if you, uh, than if you're not. And in our situation, we have to sort of figure out more virtual ways to communicate, uh, what it is we need, uh, to get done and what the issues are. Mm-hmm. So we're using technology to do that. In some cases, if I had an office with three employees in there, I might have a whiteboard. And we might work on the whiteboard and say, here's the three things we're going to try to get done this week and, uh, you know, use that particular tool. So as you said earlier, Henry, which I think is important, you got to find something that works for you, but you got to be diligent about this. And I, I, we've debated this subject a lot just because it's a, not a strength for me uh, doesn't mean I still don't have to work on it. It's just going to be harder for me and I need to find some tools to help me with this. And I got, I've got to be able to backfill this. And I think the question you asked earlier, I didn't answer 
was the use of virtual assistants. Mm, okay. And I'm seeing a trend now of entrepreneurs and business owners using virtual assistants or actual physical assistants to help them. And uh, one of the big issues that Dan talks about early on is when we become entrepreneurs, we really enjoy the rugged individualism that comes along with being an entrepreneur. But as we start growing our business, we start hitting a level of complexity, which the rugged individualism doesn't really play into. And so if you're not good at this, one one uh, idea I'm thinking about is hiring a personal assistant, whether that's a virtual personal assistant. There's lots of companies out there that can provide virtual personal assistants, so they're physically in a different part of the country, or even different parts of the world actually now, mm-hmm. um, to help you manage the things that you need managed, whether it's travel, you know, doing travel reservations or managing your email. Uh, we've got a friend of our, well, Paul Paul Beers, who did an earlier podcast, uh, hired a virtual assistant and she managed all his email. So she was able to divide it up, put it into, you know, this is what you've got to really look at right now. These are things that you can look at later. And these are things you can read, uh, more informational type emails you can read uh, much, much later. That's right. So so they can help you with those type of things too. But, um, just because I'm not good at it doesn't mean I don't need to work on it, but there is an exciting idea. I need to be able to throw something to someone. I, I did have an assistant probably about a year ago who I promoted to another position, but uh, I could throw her an idea. I was very confident she would write it down and that she would make sure it got done, which was very helpful for me because I didn't have to worry about it. And I could do my ideation, my idea generation process, and she would take the notes and then she would come back and say, okay, here's the idea we talked about. How do we move this forward? Say, well, it was a good idea, but, you know, I don't think we need to worry about it right now. Or, yeah, let's work on this and let's get it moving. Yeah, so, it's just great stuff. And, I, it, again, it comes back to the point you're making here is that it doesn't let you off the hook if this is something that's not your strength. You have to figure out how to complement yourself either with systems, tools, or other people, whether they are people you hire or people you bring on virtually. And that's what you're speaking to now is this whole world of virtual assistance is, or crowdsourcing or crowd creativity is exploding. And as small business owner, it's it's important that we experiment with those just like we are. And we're going to continue to do so and we'll begin to share more and more uh, our successes and our failures in that area on this podcast and on other resources that we will share online because I think it's it's paramount. We look at the at the issue of the personal assistant as an example. One of the things I think that certainly has kept me in the past from doing that is I think, oh boy, do I really have the budget to hire somebody on if it's twenty five, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year? Am I ready for that? And you get caught in that. Am I ready? Am I not ready? But again, what what you've taught me a lot of is that you have to invest in those kind of things. Otherwise it keeps you from being able to grow. Taking it the virtual assistant route is a great way to get some of that started for a lot less cost, a lot less commitment, right? It's not an employee you have to let go now. If you decide either it's not working or budgets are tight or you don't need it anymore, you can turn it on and off as you need it. Going back to Dan Sullivan, they're very, very big about that. Um, You know, Dan and Babs have their own personal assistants and they've gone through a lot of people, right. To try to find the right mix. But the exciting idea is they've, there are people out there in the world that live to do these type of things that will live to the wake up in the morning, 
and their main goal in life is how to make your life easier. Mm-hmm. And they just, they're, they're, they're kind of a giving individual. They, they connect and they mesh well, uh, at multiple levels with that person. They can anticipate what that person needs. Um, so there, there are people like that. And if you think about what it is you do and what you and I do, we've got to start differentiating the, the knowledge, the thought processes, the things that we do that we think are not necessarily money-making activities, um, you know, but, but very, very important activities. We're, we're doing very high-level planning, very strategic, uh, strategic activities. And so we need to get somebody to backfill and take off the responsibilities of the other things that most business owners feel like they need to do. Uh, somebody else, somebody else needs to do those things because a, you don't need to be doing them and B uh, you're, you're not, uh, there's somebody else out there that that's what they live for. Yes, absolutely. So uh, on the topic of this podcast, again, what we're talking about here and what we're encouraging our listeners is to leverage tools, systems, assistance, leverage these tools to make yourself more productive and, of course, to make your companies more productive. It's it's much more obvious when we talk about something like QuickBooks or email or Dropbox because we get that. We've been applying technologies and businesses for a long time, point-of-sale systems, et cetera. But I think then we, we drop the ball sometimes as entrepreneurs when it comes to our personal productivity tools and, and that's what we're speaking to here. Let me take a, a slight turn here on this concept and talk about where do you go for, what tools do you use to stay on top of trends, business topics, best practices? Where, where are you getting that information? What tools do you use for that, David? Well, I get most of my information now from podcasts. And I think that's one uh, reason why we're doing a podcast, because we see if there's a need for helping small business owners be more successful. Uh, we feel like there's a niche there and there's so much out there in the world now electronically to learn from, uh, you know, podcasts. The other advantage I have is I'm probably in my car, I'm going to guess 10 hours a week Mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, and podcasting gives me a real opportunity to learn as I'm driving. Uh, you know, I don't listen to the radio anymore. I used to listen to the radio quite a bit and I used to listen to a lot of music, but I use that time now to educate myself and learn and get better. I, I, I'm the same way. I, I don't spend very much time at all in the car, but I spend uh, a good amount of time at the gym and I used to listen to music and I still do sometimes, but it's amazing now how if I don't listen to a podcast where I'm learning something or learning something about someone, I feel like I've wasted that time. Conversely, when I leave the gym, I feel like I've gotten a double, double uh, advantage. I've worked out my body but I've also learned something. And so it, it's fantastic for me. And again, we're all pressed for time as small business owners. It's our, those little pockets of time that you're looking for and technology can really help with that. So for me, podcasting is big. I still do read a lot of business books. I read multiple books at the same time, which is crazy, but that's what works for me. I, I then try to summarize those books again, because it's that retention issue for me. And that's where BizNotes comes from that are beginning will begin to be available on our website. Um, I use Flipboard. Flipboard is a is an app that I have on my Samsung tablet that aggregates content from different sources, Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, Fortune Magazine, and then Rolling Stone and other things, Travel Magazines, all right there 
and I kind of flip through it like you would through a newspaper, but it's all digital. And I read a lot of articles that way. And then I use Evernote to capture those articles that I want to either send on to someone else later when I get to my desk or that I want to reference during a podcast later or read again. So those two tools in conjunction have been very valuable for me to learn new things, reference them later. Uh, so podcasts, books, Evernote, Flipboard, and those are really how I get the latest news, trends, business information. Yeah, those are great tools. I've got Flipboard on my iPad as well. Mm -hmm. I'll look at it occasionally. And books are great too. I love books. I, I love the subject matters, that uh, the subject ideas that the books have. But I, I, I rarely finish a book. I'm one of those people, again, that uh, it's hard to sit me down and to read a book for two or three hours. I try to read at night before I go to bed, so I'll read about a half hour. But uh, And I, a month ago, I made a pledge. I was not going to buy a book <laughs> until I finished the books that were on my nightstand. <laughs> But that hasn't that happened. Hasn't happened. So yeah. that's my wife looks at me and says, you have 20 books, and that's not an exaggeration, 20 books stacked up in the library. What, are you going to read these? But she knows. She knows because she loves books too, so she knows I just love books. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you've also been getting into audiobooks as a way to use that car time and to actually get through some books that way, right? Great point, yes, and I'm, I'm using that. Uh, just recently got a book online and been listening to it, and I'm listening to it again because it's, it's been it's good. And I, I debate whether I want the physical copy because there are some uh, things about being able to read it and mark it uh, is very helpful. But, uh, you know, maybe if I like a book well enough I'll, on Audible, I'll uh, end up buying it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that, that that whole debate of whether you get books uh, electronically or whether you get them in paper format. We've talked about that before, the, the, the idea of actually physically handling a book. There's there's something, there's to, something that. to that. Yeah, at least for us anyway. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to put bring this one to a close. We're going to leave the topic. Uh, I had another topic that we're just going to push to another podcast, which is about how we've used crowdsourcing and crowd creativity. We touched on it, but we'll talk about that in a little bit more depth in another uh, episode. Uh, to, to kind of bring this to a close, what, what we are trying to share here is that we think it's imperative for small business owners, or, or even if you're still in your in your corporate career, to have tools that you continuously try and adopt and stick with for a period of time until you develop a personal system that increases your productivity, increases your ability to work effectively in teams, increases your ability to set that, that standard, that culture within your business that people are going to be held accountable because you hold yourself accountable. And you have to leverage these technologies. You have to look for these emerging technologies, especially in the whole virtual area and cloud-based systems leverage these technologies because they're just making us as business owners, especially as small business owners, they're making us that much more efficient. Uh, we talked at length about virtual assistants that really leverages our abilities and our core capabilities, what we're really good at, but cost effectively allows us to really grow. And that's, that's such a key thing for a small business owner. So it's about those focuses, applying those techniques, trying new things. Don't use the excuse that I'm just not good at that. I'm not a very organized person. Don't let that be an excuse. Figure out what system, what tools, what people can help you to complement your strengths so that you can be a more well-rounded individual and therefore you have 
that much more of a successful organization. Anything else you want to add in closing, David, before we move on to the action items for our listeners? No, I agree with all those comments. I, I have to, as a guy who really uh, needs to work on this and uh, one needs to continue to get better, you need to really look at the different tools and techniques out there and, and do take the 21 day challenge, as you've probably heard before uh, from a lot of different people. Do you know, try for 21 days, focus on it, make it a priority, see what works, see what doesn't work, and then uh, modify it. Uh, as you go along. So here are a few challenges for our listeners. One is we, we've spoken to it here just again, which is ask yourself how well you're doing at keeping yourself organized and on schedule. Do you, do you often miss an appointment because you forgot about it? Do you double book yourself sometimes? Like we both David and I have a challenge with sometimes, do you forget to follow through on something you said you were going to, uh, just as importantly, are the people that work with you, are they forgetting to get back to you on things? Are they not following through? Those are good clues that you do not have an effective system in place. And so I would encourage you to challenge yourself on that as we've spoken to in this podcast and start trying different systems and see what works for you. Again, a system can be pen and paper or it can be a technology like Wonderlist. You have to try all of these and see what works for you and for your particular environment. Like we mentioned, my environment is slightly different than David's. So what might work for me may not necessarily work for David. And that's what you have to think through as well. On the business side of it, we touched that not only lightly, but look at what technologies you can apply to your business to continue to drive efficiencies and productivity. That, that is obviously the number one reason why large corporations apply technology is they're trying to drive productivity. And that's what you should be looking to do as well within your business. Cloud computing is making a lot of these technologies a lot more accessible, a lot more affordable, a lot easier to deploy. So there's really no excuse for not trying these different technologies. And they're, they're very cost effective, as I mentioned. They don't require long-term commitments even sometimes. So there's no reason not to try them. And then we touched briefly on uh, leveraging virtual assistants. So try with a small project. We'll speak more to this on, on a subsequent podcast, but try something like having somebody transcript, uh, create a transcript for you or proofread something or write a piece of copy for you. So very low commitment, very small amount of investment, but you're beginning to leverage those technologies and see how you might be able to apply them to what you do to keep growing your small business. Thanks for joining us today. You can find more information about all of this, all the tools that we've mentioned, any books we've referred to. All of that will be on the show notes on our website, which is levantebusinessgroup.com. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, we would certainly welcome and, and would appreciate your uh, ratings and reviews. And thanks for listening to The How of Business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by levantebusinessgroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening and go live your dream.